0: You are listening to episode 99 of It's Simply Digital, and today's guest is Elizabeth Bowman, and she is with December Labs. And we dive into user experience and wearables. So listen in as we talk to Elizabeth. All right, hi, Elizabeth, welcome. I'm so excited that you're here.
1: Hi, Lisa, thank you so much for having me today.
0: Okay, where are you calling in from today?
1: Yeah, so that's really far away, actually, for uh, most listeners in the US, um, all the way from South America, but really from the south, um, meaning uh, from Montevideo, Uruguay, a tiny country um, tucked in between Brazil and Argentina.
0: And how, like, what kind of weather do you have right now? What, like, what is it? I'm just so curious because, you know, I'm trapped here in Texas, so I'm, I'm wondering. <laughs>
1: Right. No, I mean, Southern Hemisphere. So um, yeah, well, well, you're suffering, especially in Texas, where you've been right. suffering, uh, you know, just uh, a, a surprise <laughs> winter for the last week. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, no, we are in the middle of summer. So, um, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> you're really. The beach, take. Right? Exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm jealous. I'm actually, it's actually today, you know, we're, we're a week past the snowstorm. So in reference, right. because I know this podcast probably won't go out for a couple more weeks, but Um, you know, it's 70 and sunny today, so go figure. Yeah, no, no, no. My <laughs>
1: mom always said, you know, when I, when I, because I'm, I'm originally from Germany and, um, you know, when I first, uh, you know, kind of um, looked at uh, going here to Uruguay, she, you know, looked up, um, you know, the country and saw that there were really no natural disasters here. Like there are no snowstorms, <laughs> there are no hurricanes, there are no swamps, there are no uh, earthquakes. So she's like, you can it's, go to Uruguay, it's a pretty there. safe bed. It's pretty safe, <laughs> well,
0: that's good to know. <laughs> (laughs) In case we we all want to move there, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so you are with December Labs, and why don't you tell me a little bit about, and, and our listeners, what December Labs is and what you do?
1: Uh, Sure. So, uh, I mean, the the kind of short and standard answer is that, um, you know, we are a software design and development company um, with a little uh, over 80 people, offices in Houston, Texas, and here in South America, um, offering kind of a hybrid model there. Um, And uh, yeah, working a lot in the health space and the finance space um, with uh, early stage startups up to, you know, the Googles and Accentures. But, um, But really, I mean, that's just part of the story. The other part really you know i mean we are building other people's dreams products businesses and i think that's a really more exciting way to look at this
0: (laughs) okay so let's let's kind of dive in a little bit so i want to talk about user experience because that's one of the areas that y'all focus on and why is that so important in marketing for a small business or an entrepreneur or even a startup
1: I mean, just overall, um, you know, really thinking about technology products and how, like really for such a long time the user experience was really not at the focus of you know how tech products were built I mean let's just think about the websites from the you know early 90s and 2000s <laughs> like I mean there was just really um, there, there was no designer involved and while in so many other fields um, you know design thinking for example you know that came around I think in the late 60s or so you know has been used in architecture and so many other areas and even you know in marketing um you know just uh, the overall uh, you know, I mean, advertising in general, you know, I don't even have to, to say what what the background is there. But really, it's so surprising that in software, um, it's still relatively new. I mean, you just, um, you know, for example, you, um, UX, which is user experience uh, research, I think just really became a trending topic on like Google search. And so um, four to five years ago, and again, you know, mm-hmm. software has been around, uh, around um, for a little longer than that. So um, fortunately, companies, um, startups, and and also big companies um, are really noticing how important it is um, to focus on an intuitive user experience based on the demographics that you're targeting, and um, yeah, and building uh, are end up building. Uh, always like greater and better products. And um, one thing that we notice a lot is that, you know, when you're a startup, you might think, you know, hey, you know, this is really early stage. Like, I just want to do an MVP, which um, would be a minimum viable product. And so I might not want to invest into like user experience research, for example. But if you think about it, your mobile app might be right next to Uber, to Instagram, to, you know, like really apps that are enterprise and that have spent millions of dollars in the overall development of your app. So the Competition is really high, and those are the kind of standards that any product that a real user might use is going to hold you to. Um, so, yeah, that's why I, uh, you know, at December Labs, we have really been focusing a lot over the past few years of um, finding different methodologies that are viable for startups um, to include user um, experience research into their overall product plan.
0: So how do you help a startup or an entrepreneur with getting started on their user experience? And I'm going to, before you answer that, I want to say, I think user experience is so vital in digital marketing. I have a little top 10 digital marketing trends PDF out there. And one of the Mm -hmm. things that I wrote about was user experience. It's on my list of top 10 because going back to what you said, we used to just throw up a website, and hope somebody would (laughs) click on something and now we want to make sure that that's incorporated into our brand and that we feel like our clients our customers our audience feels like they're being brought into our ecosystem and we're giving them these great visuals and this great technology and this great um you know they walk away going wow i want to do business with them you know they made me feel good so anyway So how do y'all do that?
1: No, I really, I really appreciate um, you know your your reference there to marketing in general because my background is in digital marketing. Um, I used to run a, a digital marketing agency, and I remember the first time, really in my early days, you know, we were doing just a bunch of landing pages and stuff. And at some point, you know, we did an A/B testing of um, you know the call to action, which was a, you know buy an a digital album for an artist in that moment, and just by um, you know sa- changing the color and moving um, that button around, you know, I mean conversion just went up so much, you know, the typical A, B testing, but still, you know, I mean, this was like a while ago and, um, kind of that same approach of, you know, like you really have to test things out and there are so many different paths of, you know, getting from A to B and what is really the optimal one for you, it's just so essential. And it will not just, you know, make a difference uh, on, uh, you know, when it comes to the visuals, but also to performance, to your return of investment. Again, when you're building a technical product, you're like most of the time you're doing it for some kind of profit. Yes, you might, you know, want to change the world or you want (laughs) to get your idea, but you know, at the end of the day, you also, um, you know, want to get a return on an investment, and um, really, one of my favorite aspects of um, user experience research is, you know, that uh, it it really makes it measurable because, again, sometimes just a small change might actually, you know, um, help you get that business that you're looking for. Um, so, so yeah, really, really exciting topic there. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, and and let's let's kind of focus a little mm-hmm. bit on measurable because. Sometimes, and I and I have clients and, and I've come across, um, you know, potential clients where it's a fire hose and they're just spraying whatever they think might stick out there. <laughs> and so, you know, like honing that in and figuring out like, what? how are we gonna measure all of this? You know, mm-hmm. we have all this content out there, we have blogs, we have podcasts, we have YouTube channels, we have you know how do you measure all of this and how do you how do you track what the clients are saying feeling doing or potential right. clients yeah i
1: i, I think I mean, the analogy there from what you're saying um, to, to, you know, like kind of our approach to any um, tech product is really, you have to start small in phases, you know, really focus on kind of your key differentiator first and validate that. And then you can continue to the next one. I think, uh, you know, I was, I was just listening um, through a few of your episodes here earlier and, um, and I think you touched, you know, based on that at some point that like how, how, you know, oftentimes entrepreneurs think, you know, like they they're, they're, they're just going ADD you know because they really don't know yet you know what like of their many ideas what really their main idea is and so they say hey I want to try it all and they pivot here and there but really you know um, to help Entrepreneurs not being one of those 90% of startups that fail, um, we always advise them to really, you know, start with something simple. Start with a core, validate that, build that, you know, iterate. Um, and that's really, again, also one of the fundamentals of design thinking, or you know, just even agile software development in general. You know, don't really. I mean, yes, it's good to think big as far as you know, where could this potentially go? Because that helps you, um, you know, think about scalability from the very beginning. And um, about you know how things should be built so that they actually do have a future. Um, but but really you know try to think small. And that also you know going back to your previous question of how, you know what we advised or or how we get started. It's really you know helping entrepreneurs figure out that that core piece of their business and start building around that. And oftentimes sure. that has you know a list of must haves of nice to haves. And 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 that's really how you get started. And 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 yeah, and just get a better rope map of what you're trying to build.
0: Um, and so based on your digital marketing experience, based on your marketing background, where do you think trends are going? Where, what do you see in in trending moving forward? You know, we've had this pandemic, it's, it's worldwide, right. <laughs> people have pared down from working in offices to working at home they're going virtual um you know i do feel like things have opened back up and there's more of a hybrid going on now but where where do you mm-hmm. see trends going over the next couple of years just based on your experience
1: mm-hmm I mean, on the one hand, and we already touched base on that, but really the focus on the user experience and how competitive your product has to be, I think it's just where more and more companies understand that they have to invest in a, that, that it's not an optional, like, I mean, and it doesn't have to be, you know, a really thorough UX research with thousands of users. I mean, there are studies that show that just by interviewing five users from your demographic, you will probably be able to find out about 80% of the potential problems that users might have. So really, you know, you You don't have to be afraid of these, you know, of Google design sprints and thinking that just big companies can do that. Um, That kind of on the process end. On the other hand, um, and I mean, as I mentioned in the beginning, um, we work a lot in the health space and what we've Mm -hmm. just seen, um, you know, universally speaking is that. the amount of innovation and really trying to make things more accessible for users, you know, especially in remote areas or rural areas, contemplating really that, um, you know, sometimes the most essential, you know, like services are, are really hard to get and finding digital solutions for that um, has really been amazing. And we've been uh, very lucky there to um, to partner with many different companies in that space. So anything, you know, from mental health to alleviating stress, but also to give employers support in the workspace um you know and help them really um yeah just anything from uh you know plan their day better but also um you know mindfulness anything really around the well-being space and um specifically in that space we also work a lot um with wearables and uh, smart devices that then you know we integrate into our mobile apps and so um that thirdly you know would be uh you know it's, it, it's really a specific area but we've really just seen such a uh, such a hype in that area because it's just become so much more relevant than even before
0: um so i am so glad that you brought that up because i wanted to transition over to wearables <laughs> and I'm, I'm so fascinated with it for for, for one i am passionate about health and wellness um Mm -hmm. it's just a little thing that i've been passionate about for for years and years and years i have a wearable i have (laughs) you know an apple watch i don't use it to track my sleep i know there's aura rings i know there's fitbits i mean there's all kinds of wearables and so where where do you feel like the wearables are, are bringing valuable value and information and like you said mindset breathing I mean my watch you know dings me and tells <laughs> me to breathe and I'm like I am right. breathing <laughs> yeah but anyway so so let's kind of expand on that a little bit
1: yeah mm-hmm. um- yeah, I mean, on the one hand, uh, what I've really seen, and what's really exciting for me is that, I mean, again, you know, we work with a lot of wearables, and you know, anything from Biostrap, who's kind of, um, you know, from the fitness area, um, to others. And in their case, for example, I mean, they are, they are, you know, a fitness tracker originally for a prosumer, yeah. um, and uh, you know, provide um, athletes with really a lot of relevant data. But what they've seen is that now with the pandemic, um, there has been a lot of opportunity. Of of, um, you know, going, for example, into studies um, that focus on early COVID detection, because your biometrics give you so much more information than what you might be using them for today, you know, for just working out. Like they can actually, um, you know, show you if, you know, you're overall health or if there are any um, biometric trackers that, you know, might give you an idea that you have to watch out for something. So, you um, so th- that, that's just one of the examples or, um, you know, Hum, uh, H-U-M-M is um, also another startup that we've worked with in the past and they have um, a detachable um, a wearable that you can place on your forehead that um, is supposed to help you, um, you know, with your more, with your working memory. And while their product initially was focused on, um, you know, just the average consumer, they're seeing now an opportunity of working with businesses, you know, for their employee health, what I, you know, just mentioned. So I think, you know, for us, um, you know, working with so many companies for so long in this space, it's just exciting to see how they can bring even more value with the technology that they have already been developing for some time.
0: So I think, you know, being an entrepreneur myself, and then some of my clients, that's who I work with. You know, one of my clients is a health and wellness coach, and he actually knew he had COVID by his biometrics, by his wearable, right. and he went and got tested that's crazy, yeah. and was positive for COVID. Um, but that that's, I, I love that you brought that up because mm-hmm. it's that early detection, and so We don't know what all these wearables can do because they're just now starting to become very popular. But I think you're right in that That as an employee or as an entrepreneur or as a small business, utilizing them to help give your employees or yourself as an entrepreneur a better um, understanding of, of how your life is planning out, your day is planning out. Like, are you getting enough sleep? Are you getting enough rest? You know, if. Like, like you said, the biometrics where you could, Mm -hmm. you know, see the, the difference in am I getting sick. And so I love all of that that you speak to.
1: No, and even uh, another company that we work with is an Austin-based startup called VV Health, and they actually integrate um, biostrap and um, uh, alcohol emitters um, into their um, platform. Um, they are a platform that helps people that are recovering um, from uh, you know addictions, and so basically they provide them then with wearables uh, and with smart devices to help them track their um, you know recovery from home or sometimes in clinic. But again. You you know, that just goes so much beyond the, you know, average average usage that I could give a wearable, that you could give a wearable. Um, it just really helps people being more independent, but also, um, you know, communicate uh, to their physicians how they are really feeling or if they are in recovery as in this example. Um, so, yeah, again, there are so many, so many exciting examples out there that, uh, yeah, we're just really excited about what is to come still.
0: <laughs> okay. So, um, Last question I'm going to ask you is, (laughs) uh, and it's kind of, it's about user experience, but it also is about like, where do you see, you know, everybody's mental health has been, Mm -hmm. um, I think, affected. Is probably a good word to use by the pandemic. And um, I think some more than others. I think there's more addiction. I think there's more suicide. I think there's more depression and anxiety. And, you know, I think that is elevated by the pandemic. And so, how do you incorporate mental health? wearables, being an entrepreneur, you know, how do you incorporate all of that? Where, how do you make that all work together? And Mm -hmm. how do you, how do you help everybody have that the best (laughs) mental health that they can have? Like, what would be some suggestions be that you have?
1: That's actually a huge question. And uh, and, yeah, and uh, (laughs) you (laughs) You saved the best for last. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I, I think, um, and, you know and that kind of takes us back to marketing um you know really understanding the demographics that might be most affected and that you might be able to help with for example a specific wearable is very important um because you know when when you think about all these side effects really um you know that the that the pandemic has had um sometimes you know you just think about yourself and your environment but what about for example elderly people that are not um, you know able to see um, their grandchildren uh, and mm-hmm. what kind kind of, um, you know, accessibility features might they require in order to, um, you know, use a wearable that helps them alleviate stress or um, that guides them through mindfulness. Accessibility in that sense really is for me one of the key features in that you really have to be aware of that, um, you know, this shift in mental health uh, problems uh, that are really, you know, really, really broad um, that that has also shifted a little bit the 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 consumer paradigm in, in, in many of these cases. And you have to be be aware of that and you have to understand that um yeah your demographic might be different now than it was before and what does mm-hmm. that mean for your product and for your outreach, but also again, you know, for accessibility, for example.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so Elizabeth, how can we get a hold of you? Mm-hmm. How can we get a hold of December Labs? You know, mm-hmm. if somebody wants to find out more about how they could get um and you start investing in a user experience for their product or their service, you know, how can how can we get in touch with you? <laughs>
1: Sure. Well, on the one hand, I mean, uh, here in the pandemic, I'm really um, big on virtual coffees. So you know, just feel free to reach out at uh, Elizabeth at Decemberlabs.com or um, look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, again, you know, happy happy to chat and just kind of you know see what you're trying to build, if we could help, or if we can just have a conversation about that, about you know where where this could be headed. Um, then, of course, Decemberlabs.com uh, is our website, and um, on the one hand, I mean, you can find a lot of information. Overall, about you know software development and um, different approaches and our work, of course. But also, um, I would recommend that you um, check out our blog, um, which is decemberlabs.com-blog, um, um, uh, blog, um, where we try to educate a lot under kind of the umbrella concept of democratizing knowledge, in the sense of like we really feel that people that try that are getting into software development or that are working in the space will make so much better decisions if they're more educated. So um, for us, it's really, you know, about transparency, about also, um, you know, getting over some of those stigmas that you've seen in software development as, you know, there are really software providers all over the world. And they're, I mean, there's a lot of companies that contact us because they have had bad experiences and um, yeah, and just are not really able to, or it's not that easy for them to trust another, a new partner. Um, mm-hmm. So I would always say, you know, uh, do your research first, really, a bunch of stuff and uh and yeah and then let's have a call and see how we can help
0: well and i think i'm just one and and i'll make sure to link all that up in the show notes so (laughs) that we so that everybody could get in touch with you but i i really just want to highlight one more thing before we sign off which is um it's measurable so (laughs) and and i think and i wrote that down because like i said i think we, we don't understand what all the efforts that we do, what the return is. And so mm-hmm. when you have a user experience, when you say, okay, what works? What's not working? How can we fix this? How can we make this better? And you're getting real live feedback from mm-hmm. potential clients. I, I think that that just makes a huge difference because you're you're actually able to measure it. So
1: anyway, no, no, I love that you're saying that. And um, just to quickly add uh, onto that, um, when you think about measuring, for example, the return of investment of uh, you know user experience research, you have to think a little bit broader than just you know did I make more sales or so? Because just to give you an example, um, we work with the uh, with a startup that really um, like with whom we conduct a lot of UX research as part of the software development lifecycle. And a lot of the input for our UX research comes from their customer support team because they're really at the forefront of, hey, I have a problem. This is not working. I need more information on this. So really, part of you know the return on investment is that by fixing those um, issues that you know are coming up the most, we're freeing up time of their customer support team, for, you know, to address more um, you know uh, more creative issues or to um, you know focus on other areas. That is one potential you know return of investment that you might have. But then also um, you know we work um, a lot with you know bigger enterprise companies and their um, kind of internal employee systems. So sometimes you know a small change in the UX and the user experience might save up, you know, for an employee five minutes per day of, you know, finding the right documents, where to upload them, however. But if you multiply that by thousands of employees every day of the year, think about the salary savings, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on just tasks that were too complicated or too hideous. So, um, you know, I really, that that's one of the things that I really appreciate so much about the return on investment of UX is that there are many different ways of looking at this. And um, yeah. Yeah. I just love to talk about that and see how
0: yeah and appreciate that you um that you said it's more about it's not necessarily seeing a dollar sign but it's saving your customer support from answering that question over and over again. Exactly. Seeing your employees from finding that document over and over again. So those dollars do add up, even though it's exactly. not a dollar sign that you're seeing. So I appreciate that you expanded <laughs> on that. So thank you so much, Elizabeth. I've enjoyed talking to you and I appreciate all of your knowledge. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Lisa. Thanks for having me. (laughs) It was a pleasure.
0: Thanks again for listening to It's Simply Digital. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. It helps me bring on some amazing guests. And you can get a hold of me at itssimplydigital.com or Lisa at itssimplydigital.com. I hope you have a blessed day.